When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus. The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. Welcome back, everybody. My next guest is an old friend. She's here with a new album and an HBO documentary on her remarkable career called Mavis. People are always asking me, when am I going to retire? I don't care to retire. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, thank good. you. No, I've been on the road for over 60 years. I'll stop singing when I have nothing left to say. And you know, that ain't gonna happen. Please welcome the one, the only, the great Mavis Staples. Oh! Whoa! It's always so nice to see you. Oh, it's such a pleasure. You are such a bundle of joy. You bring so much happiness to people, not Uh just by your singing, but just by yourself. Where do you think that happiness comes from? It's just in me. Oh, really? Just the joy in me, you know. I I never let it go. For the people out there uh, who may not know everything about your career, you started off as one of the staple singers, pop staples, and and your family. And you guys used to open for Dr. King, right? We did. We did. What was that like? Oh, that was great. We traveled with Dr. King for years. We uh, would, would sing before he'd speak. Really? And uh, he had a song that turned out to be his first, I mean, his favorite. What was that? Why Am I Treated So Bad? And Pops wrote that song uh, for the Little Rock Nine. There were nine black children mm-hmm. in Little Rock trying to integrate uh, Central High School. And... Uh, Pops, we would watch these kids at my age. I was in high school at the time, and they would walk every morning, proud, heads high, mm-hmm. had their books, and they'd walk into a mob of people, you know, throwing rocks at them, spat upon, calling them names, but they keep on walking. <laughs> how, <laughs> how old were you? <laughs> how old were you? Uh, how old were you when you first started to sing? I was eight years old. Eight years old. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the first song that you learned? Yes. What was it? Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise on cloudy day. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I it was... I thought I was going to be like Mary Had a Little Lamb or something, but oh, you started well, now, off pretty you know, advanced. Oh, keep the books. All right. Yes, I did. Yes. I, I skipped ahead. That was the... 
That was the very first song that my family sang. Oh, okay. My father taught us as a group. But my very first song was a turkey is a funny bird. Wobble, wobble, wobble. <laughs> and, uh, that's, that's more my speed. That's more my speed. <laughs> And all he knows is just one word. Gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs> That's my first Could've song. Could have been a hit. Could have been a hit. <laughs> now, you moved, you moved from gospel uh, to, to soul eventually. What is the difference between gospel and soul? Like, what, what did you have to change about the way you sang to go from one to the next? We didn't switch. What happened was, my sisters and my brother, now we sang with my father for years with just Pops' guitar. We, we, uh, when we went to Stax Records, well, somebody had the bright idea to put a rhythm section behind us. And then when this rhythm, when we recorded, uh, uncl uh, not Unclouded Day, I'll Take You There, well, that beat, bump, bump, bum, 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 And so everybody would hit the flow. Even the church people. Church people hit the floor, you know? So they started going and said, them staple singers, they singing the devil's music. I did so many interviews. I had to let these people know that the devil ain't got no music. Devil ain't got no music. That man knows it. Now, you got a new yeah. album. You've got a new album, yeah. and on the album, you're working with my friend John over here. Yes, indeed. For one of the songs. What's he like to work with? Oh, he's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't give me no trouble. No trouble no at all? No trouble at all. <laughs> oh. no. He told me, he said, Mavis, you, however you want to sing it, sing it. Oh, that's good. And I didn't have any, and he wrote a beautiful song. It's called Tomorrow. All right. All Tomorrow right. Looking forward to is it. another day. You know, uh, I've got something that I really want to say. Sometimes things just won't go your way. Don't give up for tomorrow, today. Uh, tomorrow is another day. We'll be right back. Coming up, Wilco's Jeff Tweeting. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. 
Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P.com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hey, welcome back, everybody. My next guest tonight is a Grammy Award-winning rock star and best-selling author who is the lead singer of Wilco. Please welcome back to A Late Show, your friend, Jeff Tweedy. Hello, Jeff Tweedy. Hello. Good to see you. you. Good to see you. I'm glad to be here. You look like you're ready to mix an album right now. That's right. Um, I'm where I'm, I'm in my natural habitat. I guess actually a, a sound studio is actually fairly safe from COVID because you got the the, the 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 sealed doors and everything. It's kind of like an airlock. We're we're uh, yeah we're prepared for quarantine <laughs> at all <laughs> times. All, at all times, yeah. Now, in March, w- while quarantined, your family started something called the Tweety Show. Um, mm-hmm. uh, c- a couple things. I'll get to f- first question in just a moment. But first, this this was my first show in quarantine right there. There's me in a bathtub. Here's your first show in quarantine <laughs> in a bathtub. First of all, great minds think alike. <laughs> I didn't know you could wear a suit. I would, I would have, I would have worn a suit. Only once. You can only wear a suit <laughs> once. Then you have to give it away. Um, I love that you're, you're actually, you're selling some tickets with sex right here. Yeah, which that's, is good. It actually, it, it, uh, yeah, leave them wanting less is my motto. <laughs> well, what is the Tweety Show for the uninitiated? You've done, you've done how many now? A hundred and ten. Hundred and ten. Okay. Yeah. If somebody um, wants to tune in, what are they going to get? Well, it's on my wife's Instagram, Stuff in Our House. Okay. And it's a, uh, and um, uh, Wilco was on tour when everything got locked down and the tour got canceled. We came home. Uh, Susie has a really good relationship with uh, the fans online and stuff, and she was telling me how, how, uh, how, how much people were already missing that connection and so sad about the shows that they were going to go to. And uh, so she came up with this idea of, like, maybe we could just, you know, a lot of them follow her on her Instagram. So maybe we could just reach reach out to them a little bit and, and have a little live Instagram show. And uh, I said, OK, well, we can try it. And then she got so depressed one day that she wouldn't get out of bed, you know, and and we were supposed to start this show. And and I just said, you know what, if I'm going to take a bath if you want to do this show. That's where I'll be. <laughs> and it, it got her up, it cheered her up a little bit, which made me feel good. And she got out of bed and started filming me in the tub. And before you knew it, there were a couple hundred people there already. And um, and it felt it felt really uh, um, so the, the, the it was felt miraculous to be able to have that connection with that many people. So immediately, it felt it felt right, really fast. That it was a that, you know it was a nice thing to do to have some routine and normalcy, mm-hmm. and to just you know maintain this connection that was really obvious. I think early on, even that it wasn't wasn't going to be something that we have in our lives for a long time. Well, I, you said two hundred one hundred and ten shows you've done so far, but you you also recently performed at a drive-in concert on September eighteenth. How did it feel to play somewhere other than your couch or your tub for the first time since March? Oh, man. 
uh, well, we were really, really looking forward to it. It was, you know, I knew it was going to be weird. I'm, I'm really prepared for weird. Uh, but then uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died that night, uh, about oh. an hour before we were supposed to go on stage. Oh, okay. And, you know, uh, it was a beautiful night. It was a little cold, but, uh, you know, it's like, a, it just felt almost wrong to go, go play. And uh, we were looking forward to it so much. I was so happy. And then it was like, all of a sudden, everybody's crying. And it was, it was a, it was a, it was a hard moment. And, um, uh, my kids, we were going to, you know, it was like playing the show with my kids also. So I was a dad in this moment of crisis and a person about to play music for people. And, um, uh, I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm really happy that I've had a lot of time in front of audiences and a lot of, uh, experiences in my life, uh, where I didn't feel like getting up and playing music because I felt terrible for whatever reason, because I was able to tell the kids that uh, um, if you get up and, and you can get through the first couple of songs, uh, your music will heal you. You know, it, this is really, really sad. It's really tragic. It's not going to make that go away, but it's going to make you realize that that you you can transcend this. And, um, you know, we talked about how brave Ruth Bader Ginsburg was in her life and how she had faced so much, uh, I don't know, in terms of her health, in terms of being the, you know, at the, uh, an icon of a political ideology that was at odds with a large portion of our culture or whatever, whatever, she, you know, she had gone through. I felt like we should be able to summon enough courage to go play some, some folk songs. And, um, and it did, and, it, and I'll never forget it because it was, it was really amazing how it, it did work. It did, music is, uh, it was, it's just so, so healing. And, and it was being reminded of that all over again. That recently has been, inc been incredibly healing for me too, because you have so many opportunities to like be entertained in so many different ways today. And especially if you get obsessed with the news like I do, Sometimes I, I forget what music has, has waiting for you if you just give it the time. And that it's, and it's, and it's, um, it's indefinable. But mm -hmm. on the other side of it, you're better. Right. Well, I mean, I have, I have an anxiety disorder. And, and in my life, I've dealt with a lot of um, moments pre-going on stage where I didn't feel like I was you know, I belong there. I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to be able to do this. How can I possibly do this? So I had that repeatedly uh, uh, confirmed, reconfirmed over and over again to me in my life that if I can get up my, if I can get myself to this stage, it's going to be pretty amazing uh, to me within a few minutes, within songs that um, I'm going to feel like myself again. And it's all, it always works. It's, it's pretty, pretty, uh, Miraculous. I think it's the only word I can come up with it for. Well, you've managed to produce another album in COVID quarantine. It's called Love is the King. It's your third solo album. How'd you start working on it in quarantine? What was your inspiration? Um, well, I think my normal way of coping is to write music and write and be, you know, try and do something creative. But I think when the, you know, the weight of this was all hitting me at the beginning of uh, the pandemic. I 
really wanted to write country songs. I wanted to write country uh, country songs because it's like comfort comfort food to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, folk music, country music is, I guess, at the core of how I think about music. And it just felt, uh, I don't know, very, very comforting to me. And then I started sharing them with my friends, Nick Offerman and George Saunders. And so that's initially- a good, That's a nice was, group of guys. <laughs> well, we have a we have a group text <laughs> that uh, I was just uh, we had we had talked about how King Lear was written when uh, Shakespeare was in quarantine. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I heard. I don't know if it's true. And so I I told them I was going to write a country album called King Lear, and I started writing a song a day and sharing it with them, and. Um, then when everything kind of settled down enough for us to figure out whether or not we could go to the studio safely or not, my kids and I started coming and recording the songs I'd been writing one a day. And, um, but it was really just kind of, you know, just trying to entertain George and and Nick uh, initially. I really, you know, I was entertaining myself, but also just wanted to sharing, wanting, wanting to share it with someone. I understand that George Saunders is featured on one song, a Robin and a Wren. What did what did George contribute? Uh, he contributed. Uh, sometimes I would send a song before I had all the lyrics finished, and so I sent him that song. He asked what the lyrics were, and I had a couple of lines that I didn't have, so I'd always put question marks, and then he would send it back with those lines filled in. And and uh, wow, <laughs> yeah. So he, I'm gonna try wrote, that. I'm gonna send him yeah. some. I'm gonna send him some setups with no punchlines and see what I can get. See, I, I, yeah, well, it, yeah, it'll, you'll be surprised. Let's do that. See, <laughs> see if George can write any of my monologue. Do you also have he a wrote, new? Yeah. No, he wrote back. Yeah, uh, he would send me songs too, and I wrote some. Of, I wrote some of his songs. So when his record comes out, uh, there'll be some some copyright issues. Is it true that you met George at the, the last show of the Colbert Report? Yeah, I was in a room with. Um, you, you, it's like there were a million people there, as you remember. Sure. And they put me in a room with um, uh, Christian Amanpour and a bunch of really cool people. It was a weird cluster. It would be like Henry Kissinger and Big Bird and Sam the, Jackson or somebody. But Katie Couric came in and was getting all intense with everybody, <laughs> Make, making us learn the song that we were going to sing together. And I, I kind of, I kind of snuck out to to see if I could meet George Saunders because he was. I knew he was in the room next to ours and he was sneaking out to meet me, which was really, really sweet. It's what I, I think that's what was happening. And he actually said to me, OK, well, then we're going to have to be pals. Oh, that's great. Yeah. You, you also have a, a new book here. A lot of product putting out a lot, pumping out a lot of product <laughs> from, lot of time from Tweety hand. Inc. How to write one song. Congratulations. It's the New York Times bestseller. Well, you've, you've written and released over 300 songs. Why just one song? What's the what's the secret? Why just one? Uh, well, my 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 go to joke is that I want everybody to buy the to buy the book each time they want to write a song. But I I think that I think because I've written so many songs, um, I wanted a way to organize my thoughts about it, and I came up with that title uh, as a way to kind of remind myself what it is that I actually do. I don't write songs. I write, I write a song and then I write another song. Mm. And um, I thought that would be really helpful to people to kind of be reminded that that's, 
that's what's really happening. You're never writing songs. You uh, you you take it as it comes, and and you forget how to do it, and then you have to teach yourself again. In, in the book, you say that you get insp inspiration for your lyrics and your songwriting from anything. Yeah, um, I mean almost anything. <laughs> and uh, even even like even like one of your monologues. I I I heard this. I heard that there was something. I said in the monologue that inspired you to write a song or even part of a song. I think we have the clip of the opening of that monologue. Jim? I am your host, Stephen Colbert, and we are live. Where's the thing? Does it say live anywhere? Live, following the final presidential debate of 2020. Tonight was like getting our last wisdom tooth taking out. Yes, it hurt. And yes, we can still taste the blood in our mouths. This is also the last chance for Trump to be seen by millions of eyeballs for free. And that's important because he's hurting for cash. And so and then that inspired you to write a song. Yeah, I just I thought it would be good to illustrate one of the, the exercises in the book. And so this is just from a little little section of your uh, your monologue. OK. I'm your host. Taste the blood. Tonight's tooth was the last It's for the best, hope is free But to me it seems to be not as free When you're hurting for cash Hurting for cash When you're hurting for cash I don't know, something like that. It was, <laughs> I didn't get very far. <laughs> I smell a hit. I smell a <laughs> hit. It's it smells all right. Uh, well, uh, Jeff, thanks so much for being here. The book, as I said, is How to Write One Song. Yep. The album is Love is the King, and the man is Jeff Tweedy. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Pod Show listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com.